All right, so let's talk about this last message uh, in our series uh, called, what did I call it? Mood Swingers. Yeah. And um, this message is going to be probably the most practical and probably the most hard-hitting because uh, two weeks ago we, we talked about how we are creatures that follow our heart, especially lately. Like, I don't know what's kind of gone on. Maybe it's a millennial thing or I don't know, but it seems like people are, they follow their emotions, right? And there's, there's nothing wrong with that except for when you look in Scripture, uh, the Bible says that the heart is evil <laughs> and it puts us at odds against Jesus. And so we have to be very careful, you know, about letting our emotions guide us. God gave us emotions for a reason, and that is to give us, you know, a love for one another, to experience, um, to have anger at the right things, you know, things like that, but it can also take control of us. And so that was two weeks ago. Last week, uh, we saw how Paul explained the, the practical process of how to be free and what that feels like, and that feels like peace. That feels like peace. Um, and today I want to look at an element. We kind of glossed over it last week, uh, but it's, it's probably the hardest thing to do on a daily basis. Uh, and, you know, we've seen how God works in our heart, how he works in our minds, how he gives us peace when we're following him and we, when we give our worry over to him, when we give our pride, our greed, or whatever it is. But he doesn't do it all on his own. And you, before you call me a heretic and start burning things, listen, let, hear me out. If you're not on board with God, he's not going to do these things in your heart, right? We're not puppets on a string, right? He doesn't, he doesn't just, if, if, if he did this, then there would be no sin at all. There'd be no alcoholism, no drugs. Our nation wouldn't be in this mess that it's in right now. Um, we have our part to play, right? We've got our part to play, and that part is the dreaded hyphenated word self-control, right? Ugh, okay. Now, here's the thing. We're supposed to have self-control in our thoughts, in our emotions, in our actions, all these things. But when you look out at the world, most people don't have self-control in, in these areas, especially our thought life, right? Because here's the thinking in our thought life. Our thought life is, well, I'm the only one thinking it. Nobody else knows, so it's fine. I'm not hurting anybody except you're believing a lie when you, when you tell that to yourself because here's the thing. You are hurting yourself. Here's it, Fear. Fear is an effect of you thinking the worst in a situation and not trusting God. That starts right here. Greed is an effect of you thinking you need more than what God has given you. Right? It starts right here. Uh, and, and this is how the world wants us to think. There's that wonderful verse in Romans that if you, you know, have been a Christian for like two weeks, you probably already know this verse because every pastor uses it. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And you read that and you're like, yeah, yeah. And then you go, uh, so 
transformed by the renewing. How do you how do you do that? Because think about it. You think the way you think. Right? I mean, can you just change your train of thought? You change your you are influenced by everything. All right? Somebody, somebody tell me, give me some influence, some things that have influenced you over your lifetime. Anything, anybody. Michelle? Friends. Friends. Okay, yep. That's one of the greatest influence, influencers of teenagers and beyond. Yep. Teachers? Yep, yep. Music. Music. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Television and movies, yeah, yeah. Even if it's something horrible and you go, oh, that was dumb, it's, it's tweaked you a little bit somehow, some way, right? I mean, how many times have we watched something and gone, that was stupid, right? A lot, right? What else? Parents, yeah, absolutely. And if you had great parents, that's great. If you had bad parents, not good, right? And so we all strive to be those good parents. So, yeah. Everything influences you. Everything influences you in some way. It could be a little way. It could be huge. Um, So how do we sift through all the stuff in our life? Good, bad, right? How do you do that? And and Because by now, everything you think and your actions, they're all normal, right? To you, right? They're all normal. So how do you do that? We're going to look at what Paul says. Paul tells us, how to do this. Um, Jim, will you bring me that, uh, that, that thing that's, that Jonathan has there? Um, Ephesians 4, verse 17. We're going to look at 17 through 32 uh, real quick. Um, you'll notice something here. Yeah, yeah. So this is, thank you, Jim. Appreciate your help. Um, so this is, uh, this is going to be our main point today. Right here. Anybody want to guess? <laughs> Close. We'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Let's look at verse 17 in Ephesians chapter 4. It says this. This is Paul. He's talking to the church in Ephesus. He says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. He's not saying, you know, this is a recommendation. Maybe you should follow this. He's saying this is a command. Do it, right? That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their what? Thinking, right? Because it, yeah, it starts right. They're darkened. By the way, I hate it when pastors do that, don't you? In their what? Read it, read it. Oh, that drives me nuts. I'm sorry I did that to you. They, but I'm going to do it again, I'm sure. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Now, Paul is talking about Gentiles. He's talking about people who are not following God, uh, people who do not desire Him. Having lost all sensitivity, this is verse 19, notice this, all sensitivity, right? They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. So these don't sound like the greatest people like this isn't who you want your kids hanging out with right this is uh, okay verse 20 you however so he, he turns the focus he says you the church in Ephesus you in OCC did not come to know Christ that way right and you didn't like you didn't come to know Christ because you were out you know woo, being a Gentile right I'm not going to get into all that that's not how you did 
Surely you heard of him, verse 21, surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Paul says, this is not you anymore. You're not a Gentile. You recognize this, though. You were once this, but this is not you anymore. And people who are following Christ, Christ followers, should not see this type of behavior in their lives anymore. Now, this doesn't mean that we're not sinners. This doesn't mean we're perfect. But we're not living the, the party life anymore, if you will, right? Um, if you knew me before I became a follower of Jesus, I, I accepted Christ when I was 18. If you knew me, you would ask me not to be your pastor. You would say, uh, listen, that's, whoa. I mean, I was a ladies' man, right? I was to be nice, right? Um, I, they're laughing because they don't believe it. Um, <laughs> I snagged her, didn't I? That's right. Um, I love to embarrass Lee. Um, I was an, an extreme depressant, and I would seek things to pull me out of my depression that were nothing but sinful. And God completely changed my life. Um, I was on a beach with my family just depressed as I'll get out, these three girls came up to me, and I thought, yes, I have my pick, you know, I was like, "Woo, this is awesome, they could care less about dating or anything like that, they just wanted to know if I knew Jesus, and God broke me that night, he broke me, and I realized I'd been to church almost all my life, and I realized I'd never followed him, and so I started following Jesus, and so my old life and my new life are completely different. And Paul says, this is the way it needs to be. Verse 23, it says, to be made new in the attitude, so you're, you're, you know, you got to get rid of all the deceitful desires, and you need to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This is going to be the verse that the rest of what we're going to look at is going to hinge on. We are to be, what does that mean? How do you have a new attitude in your mind? How do, you change, how do you change that? What does that look like? And how do you put on this new self? This is what Paul is going to talk to us about for the rest of the time. What did you say this was, Belinda? The filter. We are to filter everything that we do through this verse through righteousness and holiness, everything that we do. Now, um, don't just filter what's, what you think is right, because if you do that, you're going to have huge holes in your filter. Because what you think is right isn't necessarily what God, what I think is right isn't necessarily what God thinks is right. And, and don't filter things that other people say is right, because then you'll filter out the bad or the good stuff, and the bad stuff will get through. You have to filter out 
what is right in the eyes of God and what is holy. Excuse me, don't filter that out. Y'all understand what I'm saying. Let it go through. Let it filter through, right? That's what, that's what you filter and let go through. For most of us, um, this is going to seriously change us. Like, if, this, if you put this into practice, even as a Christ follower, it will change you. It'll change the way you think. It'll change the way you act, the way you interact, the way you talk. Um, it's going to... You can't pick and choose what you filter, right? It's, it's here. This is where we find out what we filter. And when we filter these things out of our life what, and only let through what is holy and righteous... You're going to be different, really different. Now, let's look and see what Paul says to filter he, he, in uh, verse 25. He says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. How many of you have ever been to a church where everybody in the church is perfect? You know what I'm talking about? Like the perfect kids, the perfect spouse. Anybody? Just me? I've been on staff at them. Come on. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, I mean, everybody comes in, and it's just like, man, this is great. But when you're on staff, and you're doing counseling, uh, you realize it's not. They're not perfect in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And Paul says that shouldn't be in the church. The church should be messy. It should be. And he's, and he's, and he's telling us we need to filter our interactions with one another. Look, what I love about our prayer time is that you guys share your sin, your pain, your joy. You share all this stuff. I've never been in a church that has done this before. And I love this because I read this verse and I go, oh, this is fantastic. Now, that's not to say, like, you're busting in going, hey, I guess this is what I did. I really messed up, you know, that kind of thing. I understand that. There's a trust issue, and we're always building trust with one another. Um, but we need to filter our interactions and say, I need to share this with the church or with this person in the church. Or, you know, our interactions should never be, hey, how you doing? I'm Jason, and uh, me and Lee, Lee and I, we haven't ever fought, ever, right? And our kids... They don't scream and yell and put holes in the walls in our house. And, and Jason, as a, as a father, I just say, oh, it's okay. And I never yell at them and get mad, right? We need to be like, listen, last night? No, it was two nights ago. I told the kids to go brush their teeth. And they came back all wild and crazy, had not brushed their teeth. And I yelled at them. I said, go brush your teeth. Not that nicely, though. And what they were trying to do, you know what they were trying to do? They were trying to tell me they can't find their toothbrush. Who feels like an idiot, right? That's the stuff, and be, stuff beyond that. We need to share and filter how we interact with others. Paul's saying, don't let the falsehood of perfection and all this falsehood at all jump in here. Verse 26. Uh, if I can find it here, where's it at? Uh, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. So we need to filter our interactions, 
And Paul says here, we need to filter our actions. The things that we do must change. He's not saying you need to be perfect, but he's saying you need to try to be holy. And there's a difference. The difference is when you're trying to be perfect, you're probably doing it for yourself or somebody else. When you're trying to be holy, you're just trying to obey and follow God. Trying to obey and follow your Savior. And, and, and you want Jesus as that example, all the way up to death on the cross, if need be, for yourself. And this is one of the things where, you know, Paul says over and over again, you need to die to yourself, right? You need to kill these things in your life that are, that are causing you to fall away from God. Filter your actions. Verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do we need to read this one again? Do not let any wholesome talk come out of your mouths. Oh, my goodness. Okay, let's talk. So this isn't just like, don't be cussing, right? This is all kinds of things, gossip, assumptions mean-spirited sarcasm, right? These things have no business coming out of our mouths. It needs this above anything. Not, and Paul's not saying this. This is Jason, and it's probably not good to say. It needs to be filtered. Oh, do we need filters for our mouths, don't we? Right? And, and notice what he says here. Yeah. <laughs> good. The people are pointing at themselves. That's fantastic. All right. Notice what he says here. He says... Don't let any, but only what is helpful for building others up. So the first thing you need to do is filter your actions, your interactions, your talk. Filter, filter, filter. The second thing you need to do is those things that you filter, right, that don't make it through. Can y'all see that? There's coffee in there. This needs to be replaced. And what does Paul say it needs to be replaced with? It needs to be replaced with encouragement. Only say things that are helpful for building others up. Now that doesn't mean like you don't correct in love, right? That's building someone up. But you don't tear them down and destroy them. Okay? Um, and you, what's, what's the old saying that your mama said about if you don't have anything good to say? Don't say it at all. She's half right. According to Paul. According to the scripture. Uh, she's half right. God tells us not to say it, but then to also replace it with encouragement. Encouragement is a form of spoken love. Now, the look on your face says this. Are you kidding me? Right? Because when we're talking and we get all riled up and we're, mm, the last thing you're going to do is get rid of that and replace it with love. Cliff, I cannot believe Cliff, you're a fantastic guy, and I want you to know, man, you're a great friend. That's not the natural way of things, is it? But Paul says this is the way it needs to go. Oh. Now, is this hard? Yeah, it's hard. But, but Paul commands it. He says you've got to do it. Verse 30. And we're going we're to look at one more filter here in a minute. Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. What, what does this mean? 
This is one of those verses where it starts to freak people out. It's very simple. Don't complain against God, right? It's one thing to not understand what God is doing, but it's another thing to, to speak out against him. So be very careful about that. Don't do that. And then verse 31, he says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And you look at this and you go, okay, I, that's me. I don't. But this is people's behavior. You need to filter your interactions, your actions, your talking. You need to, when you're talking, you need to filter out the way you talk, how you talk, uh, what you say, all of those things, right? This is a big one for all of us. And then we need to filter out our behavior. Your behavior should change. This stuff has no business being in your life. And you know what this says? This says that you can change your behavior. You can change. The world will tell you, you can't change. You are who you are. Just, just go and just be you. No, do not be you. Be Jesus. Right? That's not good. Your heart will tell you, you just be. No. With the Holy Spirit's help, you can change. He will change you if you will take the steps. So filter your behavior. And then the last verse. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Filter, 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 and replace. What do we replace it with? We replace what has been filtered out with Jesus Christ. We've got to replace the attitude of our minds with God's way of thinking. We've got to replace our old self with Jesus. Filter everything that is in your life with Christ and then replace it with love. Replace it with him. Is that hard? Yeah, it's real hard. But here's the thing. When you start doing this, and you literally start filtering everything you do, you're going to be this and not this. You're going to be God's tool to be able to use in the world and not... Somebody that's off living their life for themselves. Be that guy. Filter everything. I want to see our church change. I mean, we're an awesome church. I love our church. But I want to see our church change so much because we're filtering our actions, our thoughts, our interactions, and what we say. And replacing the bad stuff with love. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for... Your word, thank you for the fact that you call us to run a filter of everything we do through holiness and righteousness. Uh, as we look at your life and how you died on the cross for us, how you took our sins away, may that be our filter. May we look to you, to your son, may we listen to your Holy Spirit, and we pray that you will change us. Many of us have come so far, and we're so thankful for that, but we have so far to go. So make us more like you as we filter our lives through you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.